If anything in business has stigma attached to it, it's meetings. They are seen as energy sapping, time wasting interventions that could most often be concluded in a few minutes. You see techniques such as standing technique where people have to stand, or I've even seen meeting techniques where meetings are held whilst planking or standing on one foot, all trying to make sure that the meeting lasts as short as possible, all with the goal that only the important matters are communicated. I have a slightly different perspective on meetings. I see meetings as one of the most valuable and cheapest tools in the business in order to change the direction and even the culture of the business. I do agree that some meetings are too long. I do agree that some meetings are just chats. I do agree that many meetings are duplicated. But if constructed and designed correctly, they are the most important tool in your business. This series is all about learning from the successes and failures of others. And I'm certain that no lesson could be more of a relief to learn than how to take advantage of opportunities we have to meet with our teams. We're learning from the successes and failures that Alon Reyes, CEO of Reyescorp, has experienced over the last 20 years. I'm Gareth Armstrong, and this is a Razor's Edge podcast. I want to tell the story, the true story about two entrepreneurs who I was introduced to who were in business for many years together. They sat in an office literally across two tables from each other that faced each other, and their business was in massive decline. In fact, it was technically insolvent. And a friend of mine asked me if I would kindly intervene and come and uh, work with these two entrepreneurs. One of my opening questions to the entrepreneurs was how often they actually met to discuss their business. And they both looked at me, you know, with this weird look in their faces too, but, but we see each other every single day. We sit across the table from each other and we talk to each other all day. We communicate well. So I then asked them, what is normally my party trick, which is to ask them to pull out a piece of paper each and answer five questions. And if they were communicating well, those five questions would be aligned. At least four out of five, perhaps. And while you're listening to these questions, perhaps you can pause this podcast right now, go get a pen and paper, and you and your partner or you and your team Try answer these questions one by one to see how well your meetings are serving you. So the first question I asked was, what are the three biggest issues in the business right now in order of priority? The second question I asked was, who do you think will be the next employee to leave your business and why? The third question is, how much revenue or turnover do you think your business will be making in the next five years? The fourth question to ask yourself is, what product do you think will be the most important product in the next five years? And product can be product or service. And finally, how many employees do you think the business 
will have in the next three years. To their utter amazement, and I must say not to mine, there was a zero correlation in the answers that these two put down. Zero. After five years of sitting across the table from one another, communicating with each other every day, sharing the trials and tribulations of their entrepreneurial journey, commiserating over losses, fantasizing over wins, these two entrepreneurs got zero out of five common answers to those five questions. I wonder how well you would do. As that story was unfolding, did you see yourself reflected in anything that Alon was sharing? If yes, let's do something about it. Alon believes there are two vital considerations for meetings to be really effective and worthwhile. The first is rhythm. Rhythm is about predictable, regular occurrence of the meeting, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever the case may be, whatever that meeting requires in order to get that information across and for information to be transferred between all the parties in the meeting, that meeting needs to be designed to be regular. Now this is where we come back to my opening statement about meetings having a bad rap. You can reduce the number of meetings in the business as long as they are rhythmic and they are serving the business in terms of the frequency of that meeting. So instead of having, for example, a meeting once a week, if it is as effective to have that meeting once every two weeks, then you can reduce the number of meetings. So you can play with the amount of meeting time in the business by ensuring that you are thoughtful about the frequency of that meeting. And that works in reverse as well, where you can have more frequent meetings that are shorter because the business needs that level of frequency in order to be effective. So if you were a business that was providing news, you would have a very high need to have meetings at least once a day in order to decide on what news you were putting out to your audience. A meeting once a month would not suit a business that was delivering news. And when deciding on the annual budget, a meeting set daily in order to make those decisions would be inappropriate. Whatever you do, do not ignore the power of rhythm, the power of designing the frequency of your meetings. A mentor once shared with me that the best way to lead people is to give them structure. And when it comes to meetings specifically, Alon's next vital consideration is that our meetings need to have an agenda. When I hear the word agenda, somehow it conjures up some fuddy-duddy individuals sitting around at big table in suits and ties. An agenda doesn't have to be heavy. An agenda doesn't have to be long. An agenda can be three or four points, two points. In fact, it can even be just one point that you are discussing. And that's exactly what the point is, is the fact that it points you to have a discussion about a specific thing. I love the example of using agendas as such a powerful and cheap technique to change culture. So let me give you an example. Let's say you want to have a culture of innovation in your business. 
you went to a conference, you learned all about the power of innovation, and you want to bring that thinking into your business. Perhaps you would call everyone into a meeting and talk about the power of innovation, give a few exciting examples, and rah-rah everyone into thinking that your business was now going to be highly innovative. Everyone would smile, maybe get a bit excited, and go back to their office. A completely free and more effective technique would be to include innovation in every agenda of every meeting in your business. When you have your finance meeting, you would have innovation as an agenda item. What innovation have we implemented in the finance department? When you have your staff meeting, you would talk about innovation and talk about any new innovations that had occurred or are being developed in the business in the last week or the last month or the last quarter, whatever your frequency is. When you have your production meeting, you would get to the innovation agenda item and you would talk about innovation in your production techniques. Keep focusing the business on innovation. By just adding innovation in some form or another in the agenda of every single meeting, now the whole business is talking about innovation all the time. How much did it cost you? Zero. So you can use agenda as a way to govern the discourse in the business, govern what is being spoken about, what is being focused on in the business. I find that in many instances, the agendas of meetings are too long. So it is equally powerful to remove agenda items for items that are not important or belong in another meeting. I've just taken over a meeting from somebody who's left. And that meeting, it's a two-hour meeting, it's a big committee meeting, and it would be fluffy. I cut the agenda items down to two agenda items. And I was very pointed, and we got more done in the last two meetings than we've done in the last two years. And that is about designing the agenda. The design of the agenda is one of the most unrecognized power tools in your business. It impacts culture, it impacts time in meetings, it impacts outcomes. Another wonderful way to describe this is that if your first agenda item was outstanding matters, if you add outstanding matters to every single monthly meeting, then the business will start to twist towards being action-orientated because it's brought up in every single meeting. If you don't have outstanding matters, then you risk the loss of that focus on, well, you said you were going to do something, did you do it? By adding the agenda item outstanding matters, it forces the requirement to keep a log of all actions that people have agreed to. Have you been tussling with how to develop, shape, influence and maintain your business's culture? Perhaps you, like me, have been reading books and participating in mastermind discussions about how to operationalize our strategy and plans and things always seem to get so abstract or just downright complicated. But here is our answer, that meetings, specifically those run with an intentional structure and agenda, are, in Alon's words, 
such a powerful and cheap technique and an unrecognized power tool in your business. This is the power of an agenda, that top to bottom, you are able to influence every department, every manager, every employee in your organization, and you don't have to be there. You just need to ensure that effective, agendered meetings are being held to a well-thought-out rhythm. So let me try and give you an example in RaceCorp. We have a weekly meeting which we call Silver, which is effectively a staff meeting. We have Silver every week, and once a quarter we have Gold. Silver is 30 minutes. We have over 100 staff that all participate in that meeting online across the country, in fact, across the continent. It starts off with a share. There is a question that is asked, and within 10 minutes, we follow alphabetically the, the staff list, and we ask them to answer this question, a personal question. It's normally fun, a lot of laughing, a lot of getting to know you. We then move to the harder issues, which is the heads of department talking about what happened in the last week and what's going to be happening this week. Make sure that everyone in the company is aligned and understands what's happening across the different departments and divisions. It's tight and it's short. I, as CEO, am on the agenda. So every single week, there's an opportunity for me to provide direction and input and even share my feelings and fears in that meeting. Also, quite succinct. And then finally, we have what we call coffee table moment of the week, where we talk about the impact of our work. And then the different departments will then relay stories about how the work that they have done has impacted our clients, our entrepreneurs. That is designed very much to remind us what we are here for, that we are here to serve and that we are here to create impact. And that's how the meeting then ends. That is all by design. It's 30 minutes, it's got soft issues, it's got hard issues, and it effectively becomes the oil in the system. It's the subtle communication and the not so subtle communication that takes place in 30 minutes across the whole business. After a few years of silver, the question came up around the effectiveness of silver. So we trialed actually removing silver from the business. Within two weeks of removing silver as the Monday morning 8.30 to 9 company meeting, there was an absolute uproar in the company wanting to reinstitute silver into our weekly agenda. Silver is regarded as so important that no one can set up meetings over silver. Even our sales department, who have got the highest level of freedom in the business, are highly, highly dissuaded from making meetings during silver. It is only on the rare, rare occasion where the client cannot move a meeting that we will allow a sales individual to set up a meeting during silver. And you have to know that I am so sales-centric and for me to view the importance of silver over sales, you have to know how powerful that staff meeting, that silver meeting is on the whole business. 
<laughs> when was the last time your staff caused a ruckus because a weekly meeting had been cancelled? I'd suggest that if our staff aren't this enthusiastic and invested in our meetings, that we need to urgently consider what Alon has been sharing in this lesson. Here's a final word from Alon, where he gives us a glimpse into how he runs RaceCorp. So in RaceCorp, we have agendered weekly staff meetings. We have agendered weekly sales meetings. We have agendered weekly marketing production meetings. We have agendered weekly selection meetings. We have agendered monthly management meetings. We have agendered monthly finance meetings. We have quarterly agendered company-wide communication meetings. We have quarterly agendered board meetings. We have biannual finance review meetings. And we have annual strategy setting meetings. This has created the structure, the rhythm, and the value in RaceCorp. And without it, we would be nowhere. Head over to racecorp.com where you'll find similar resources to this one and also the opportunity to sign up for notifications to stay updated on new releases. In addition to this, follow Racecorp on your favorite social media platforms where you'll find additional updates about this podcast series and others we are producing. My name is Gareth Armstrong and I'll see you in the next lesson.